Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today we are going to be talking about Nikola Jokic winning his second straight MVP award. It was announced earlier today. He's the winner. He just went back to back. He is one of 13 players in NBA history to win the award in two consecutive seasons. He had a great year. I'm going to, and, and the reason I, I want to talk about this so badly is because not only is it like a big event, like a, a player just won back-to-back MVPs, that doesn't happen too often, but also it's a very controversial win because not a lot of people, um, or I, I don't want to say not a lot of people, but there are, are a lot of people who think um, that Jokic should not have won the award, um, and there are people in the basketball media space who claim that Jokic winning is robbing Joel Embiid of the award. And there are people who are claiming that this, uh, that Jokic winning back-to-back MVPs is as bad as Steve Nash winning back-to-back MVPs in the mid-2000s. And I'm just here to say that that's not true. Um, I want to, you know, um, I kind of want to, what, what word am I trying to say? Dispel? Is that even a word, dispel? That's, I, there's no way that's a word. Um, but I, I guess so. Uh, dispel these, this myth that Jokic, um, that the only case he has to win MVP is based off advanced stats like PER and VORP. Um, I, I don't think that's true. I think the eye test is really good with him. Um, but I think there are many reasons that Jokic should, should have been the MVP. He was, he would have been my vote. If I had a vote, I would have voted for Jokic. I made a video recently, a, a YouTube short and a TikTok about why I thought he should win the MVP award. I think he had a great case. I thought all the finalists did. I thought Jokic, Embiid, and uh, Antetokounmpo, I think they all, all three of these guys had a strong case to win the MVP. And in a normal year, all of them probably would have won the award easily. But unfortunately for them, they all had great seasons at the same time. So only one of them could win the award. I think all three had great cases. But I do think Jokic should have won. And I want to talk about that today. I want to break down, and this is going to be heavily based on stats. I know people hate that, but guess what? I'm a stat nerd. I don't care. You can cry about it on Twitter all you want. I'm going to look at the statistical case for all of these guys um, because I think this will give us a good a good look at each player's case. We're going to look at how good their team was, how good their team was when they were on the floor and when they were off the floor. We're going to look at individual impact metrics. We're going to look at everything. And not all of these stats are stats that I use. Um, there's there's some in particular that I, I don't I don't love, but I think they're all uh, relatively useful. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to get into it. So let's go ahead. Stop wasting time. Let's get into it. So the three finalists this year, um, as I mentioned, were uh, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. All three had excellent seasons. And the big, the big reason why, or like the main reason why people don't like the fact, don't like um, Jokic winning the award, is because his team was the sixth seed in the Western Conference. And usually the MVP winner, the MVP winner is on a team with like a top four seed in their conference, um, and that didn't happen this year. Um, this a similar situation occurred in 2017 when Russell Westbrook uh, won the award, rightfully so. He was deserving of that, um, and that same kind of situation is happening now. Um, but I want to quickly just destroy that narrative that the Denver Nuggets 
were awful, and the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks were just so much better than them. Because it's honestly just not true. And the reason I believe this is because of two statistics. We're going to look at two stats here. SRS and Pythagorean Record. SRS stands for, sim- stands for Simple Rating System, and it's a stat that looks at each team's um, net rating, which is point differential per 100 possessions. Just um, Basically, uh, it just looks at their points for um, and their po- points allowed per 100, pos- per, per 100 possessions. Looks at the difference. That's net rating. And then it looks at strength of schedule, which is a stat that Basketball refer- Reference has. It adds them two together, and it gives a little rating for each team. Um, and when you look at that, and this is a great way to, to rank teams. Like, looking at SRS alone, you can get a pretty good picture at who the best teams in the league are. Uh, the Denver Nuggets ranked 12th in SRS uh, with a mark of 2.16. The Philadelphia 76ers ranked 8th in SRS with a mark of 2.57, and the Milwaukee Bucks ranked 7th in SRS with a mark of 3.22. So the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks were both top 10 teams according to SRS. And with the way that people talk about the Denver Nuggets being the 6th seed in the Western Conference and the 76ers and the Bucks being uh, top seeds in the Eastern Conference, you would think that the Denver Nuggets were just complete, like, utter garbage compared to the 76ers and the Bucks. But that's not true. Now, the Nuggets were not a top 10 team like the 76ers and the Bucks, but they weren't that far off. They were 12th. And the 76ers and the Bucks weren't elite teams this year in the regular season. Like, the 76ers were the 8th team in SRS, and the Bucks were the 7th seventh ranked team, uh, according to SRS. So it's not like there was this huge difference between the Nuggets um, and the 76ers and the Bucks. Like, I think it was clear, according to this metric, that the Nuggets were the worst team of the three. But I don't think that there was a huge difference. Now let's look at um, Pythagorean, the, the each team's Pytha- Pythagorean record. And this is basically what their record was expected to be based solely on their point differential per 100 possessions. And the, the uh, Denver Nuggets Pythagorean record was 47-35, which would have ranked 12th. The Philadelphia 76ers Pythagorean record was 48-34, which would have ranked 9th. And the Milwaukee Bucks Pythagorean record was 49-33, which would have ranked 8th. So, according to this metric, the Nuggets were the 12th best team, the 76ers were the 9th best team, and the Milwaukee Bucks were the 8th best team. And look at these records. Um, the, The Nuggets are only one win behind the 76ers, and they're only two wins behind the Bucks. So, again, the Denver Nuggets were not exponentially worse than the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Were they the worst team of the three? Yes, but they were not exponentially worse. They were pretty close to these other teams. Like, the Nuggets were not garbage this year. Were they elite? No, but you know what? Neither were the 76ers and the Bucks. All these teams are pretty much around the same area. Like, the 76ers and the Bucks were top 10 teams this year. Yes, I agree, but they weren't top five teams. They weren't the elite. Uh, They were amongst the elite teams in the NBA during the regular season. And although the Nuggets weren't top 10, they weren't far off. 
Um, and I, I just think that their SRS um, and, and their Pythagorean record shows that the Nuggets were not far off from the 76ers and the Bucks. And I think this is pretty impressive considering the Nuggets had a god-awful roster this year. Their team sucked because Jamal Murray was out for the entire year. And Michael Porter Jr. barely played. And when he did play, he was awful. So like, they were missing their second and third best player. And they were in the Western Conference, which is much tougher than the Eastern Conference. It's deeper. Um, and and like, they, the Nuggets were still, like, even with all that, they were still close to the 76ers and the Bucks in our SRS and Pythagorean record. That is insanely impressive, considering... Um, just everything from their, like their injuries that they, that they suffered, the players they were missing, the conference they were playing in, like considering all that, all that context, it makes this very, very impressive. Now let's look at individually, like offensively and defensively, how good each team was. And for this, we're going to look at offensive rating and defensive rating. Now offensive rating is how many points these teams scored uh, or averaged per 100 possessions. And defensive rating is how many points these teams gave up on average per 100 possessions. So um, let's look at team offensive rating. The Nuggets had an offensive rating of 114.5. That ranked 6th in the NBA. The 76ers had an offensive rating of 113.5, which ranked 12th uh, in the NBA. And the Milwaukee Bucks had an offensive rating of 115.1, which ranked third. So the Nuggets had the sixth best offense in the league during the regular season. The Bucks had the third best offense. And the, uh, the 76ers had the 12th best offense. So the 76ers had, uh, their offense was um, a, a bit worse than the other two teams. While like the, like, the Bucks offense was elite. Um, the Nuggets offense wasn't quite elite. It was close, and they weren't uh, quite top five, but they were a good bit better than the 76ers. So the um, I think it's like, clear to, it's clear to see that the Bucks had easily the best offense of the three teams. The Nuggets had the second best offense, and the 76ers had the third best offense. Now let's look at team defensive rating here. So and this is where things get really interesting because um, a big issue. I'm going to get into the big issue with like. Um, that people have with uh, impact metrics. I, I guess I can go ahead and get into it now. A big reason why people have an issue with Jokic ranking highly in all these impact metrics is because people think he sucks on defense. And impact metrics are saying, no, he actually doesn't suck. He's actually pretty good on defense. And, you know, people are like, well, these impact metrics are just wrong. Are they... I think that there is solid evidence that they are not wrong. And it starts with these teams' defensive rating. The, the Denver Nuggets had a defensive rating of 112.1 this year, which ranked 15, 15th in the league. Not great, around average. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers had a defensive rating of 110.8, which ranked 12th in the league. And the Milwaukee Bucks uh, had a defensive rating of 111.8, which ranked 14th in the league. Okay, so the Denver Nuggets, whose best defender was like, um, according to Impact Metrics, was like Nikola Jokic. Um, they had a defensive rating of 112.1, which was 15th in the league. 
And the 76ers, whose best defenders were, were uh, according to, you know, the consensus, um, some of the better defenders in the entire league, Giannis being one of the best defenders in the league, uh, bar none, like, he is clearly one of the best defenders in the NBA. Their team's defensive ratings were also around average, ranking, uh, like, with the 76ers' defensive rating ranking 12th, and the Bucks' defense ranking 14th. If those guys are so much better than Jokic defensively, and if those guys' teams are so much better defensively, according to the, to the consensus, um, if, if their teams have way more talent defensively, why are their defensive ratings so similar to the Nuggets? It would make sense. Um, it, like, if, if what these people say are true, it would make sense for the Nuggets' defense to be um, a good bit worse statistically than the 76ers and the Bucks. But that's just not the case. They're all very similar in terms of their defensive rating, which doesn't make any sense if if Jokic is truly not a good defender because his team doesn't have a ton of good defenders. Um, he himself, according to you know the consensus, is not a very good defender. Um, yet these other teams who have elite defenders um, are also like average in terms of defensive rating, slightly above average. Um, and they're not far off from the Denver Nuggets in terms of their defense. Like, it's just weird. Um, so that's like the first piece of evidence that maybe Jokic isn't as bad on defense as people think. Now we're going to get into the individual numbers. And this is like where the case for Jokic is like just so freaking good. Um, first off, we're going to look at PER. Let me tell you, I don't use PER. I hate PER. I don't think it's that great of a metric. However, um, I think it, it's like a solid picture at, at how productive players are on a per minute basis. And I don't want to look at each player's production. I, I don't want to do a deep dive into that. I, I just don't want to look. I really want to do a deep dive on their impact metrics because those are way more important than their production, just like on a per game basis or on a per minute basis. However, I think PER is just a, a solid way to look at and just say, you know what? Here's how productive these players were. Um, it's not great. It's not a, a perfect metric. I don't usually use it, but uh, because I don't want to just do a deep dive on these players' individual production um, it, it, on this podcast, I'm going to use it here. And I I would not use this if I were debating with someone on why I think Jokic is the MVP. I would not use PER. This is not part of his. This is not some of his best evidence, but. Um, I think this, like I said earlier, I think this does um, do an, an, an okay job at showing um, who was the most productive on a permanent basis. And I think this is, uh, um, using it in this um, situation is okay because they all play relatively the same position. I know Jokic and Embiid are centers while Giannis is more of a, a power forward, but they're all like big men, so it's okay. Um, Jokic had a, P, a PER of 32.8 this year, which ranked first. Um, Joel Embiid had a PER of 32.1, which ranked second in the NBA. And Giannis had a PER of 31.2, which ranked third in the NBA. So, sorry, I had to get a drink. So, according to this metric, which isn't great, isn't perfect, um, Jokic was the most productive player in the NBA, while Embiid was the second most productive player in the NBA, and Giannis was the third most productive player in the NBA. 
um, now let's move on to um, some on-off metrics. And we're going to, first off, I'm going to look at each player's um, on-off rating, like their offensive rating. So basically, um, what their team's offensive rating looked like when they were on the floor versus when they were off the floor. Um, and then their team's defensive rating when they were on the floor versus when they were off the floor. So, um, when Jokic stepped off the floor... The Denver Nuggets offense dropped 10 points. They were 10 points worse on offense when Jokic uh, went to the bench. And when and then um, their defense got 6.4 points worse when he was off the floor. Um, so when he stepped off the floor, um, the Nuggets were 10 points worse on offense and 6.4 points worse on defense. When um and when the uh when Joel Embiid uh stepped off the floor, the 76ers offense was 7.3 points worse, and their defensive rating, uh, their defense was 4.3 points worse. Um, so uh, when Embiid went to the bench, the the 76ers offense was 7.3 points worse, and their defense was 4.3 points worse. When Giannis uh stepped off the floor, the Bucks offense was 7.3 points worse. And their defense was 3.7 points worse. So, when he stepped off the floor, uh, the Bucks' offense was 7.3 points worse. And their defense was 3.7 points worse. Um, and when you look at, just basically combine these numbers, look at um, how many points... Um, and I want to look at just their on-off, uh, their on-off ratings. Um, and this is basically a, a, a net rating swing when they step off the floor. And this combines basically their on-off swing and their, and their, uh, their offensive rating um, on-off numbers and their defensive rating on-off numbers and combines them to give you just basically how many points um, their teams got worse total offense and defense when they stepped off the floor. For Jokic, his on-off uh, on-off number is 16.4, which is which ranked first in the entire NBA. Joel Embiid's on-off uh, swing was 11.5, which ranked sixth in the NBA, and Giannis Antetokounmpo's on-off swing was 11 points, which ranked seventh in the NBA. So according to this metric, uh, Nikola Jokic had, uh, had had the most impact on his team's um, performance. Per 100 possessions. Now, uh, we're going to look at um, some individual impact metrics like BPM, uh, VORP, EPM, estimated wins, LeBron, and wins added. First off, we're going to look at box plus minus. This is a metric created by Basketball Reference. This is probably, or not probably, this is, um, in my opinion, definitely the worst metric of all the ones we're going to look at here, or the worst of the rate metrics. Um, there are, I mean, like, BPM, EPM, and, and LeBron are rate metrics, and they're just saying, um, how many points was this player worth per 100 possessions? While uh, VORP, estimated wins, and wins added are saying, you know, how is, is taking these numbers, like BPM, EPM, and LeBron, and it's saying... And it's, it, they're just accumulative stats that basically take that into account along with how many minutes they played. Or, um, and just gives you a number. It takes into account like games or um, like if one, if one player um, has like a super high EPM and he played a ton of minutes while another player has a lower EPM and he played lower minutes, like that player who played more and was better um, on, during the minutes he played, that guy's going to have a way higher um, cumulative stat, 
than the other guy. So, uh, VORP is for BPM, uh, estimated wins is for EPM, and wins added is, is for LeBron. So, like, these metrics are the cumula cumulative versions of those other metrics. So, with BPM, um, Jokic ranked first in the NBA with a mark of 13.7, which is the highest single-season BPM in the history of the NBA. Like, he was historically good, according to BPM. Uh, Joel Embiid ranked third with a mark of 9.2, and Giannis ranked second with a mark of 11.2. So, all three of these guys had super strong um, seasons, according to BPM, uh, with Giannis and Jokic having historic, historically great seasons, while Joel Embiid um, had a very strong MVP season. And um, according to VORP, by VORP, um, Jokic ranked first with a mark of 9.8, Embiid ranked third with a mark of 6.5, and Giannis ranked second with a mark of 7.4. And VORP is the cumulative version of BPM, so this takes into account BPM and how many minutes they played. Um, now moving on to EPM, which is uh, a impact metric, which uses um, like plus-minus data. Like box plus-minus uses box score data. It's, it's based on box score data heavily, heavily based on box score data, while EPM is based heavily on plus-minus data. And um, for EPM, Jokic ranked first with a mark of 9.3, Embiid ranked second with a mark of 7.9, and Giannis ranked third with a mark of 7.3. So according to EPM, Jokic was the best player or the most impactful player in the NBA Um now looking at estimated wins, which is the which is Dunk and Threes.com's um, cumulative version of EPM. Um, for this, Jokic ranked first in the NBA with a mark of 20.7. Embiid ranked second with a mark of 17. And Giannis ranked fourth with a mark of 15.5. This is the first metric where one of these guys does not rank inside the top three. Um, now moving on to LeBron. LeBron is kind of similar to EPM in the fact that it uses, um, that it's heavily based on, uh, plus minus data. Um, I actually prefer LeBron the most out of all these because it's like the formula for LeBron, it, it's crazy. It does like, they do a lot of good stuff over here. Um, LeBron and wins added belongs, like both these stats belong to mebellindex.com. I recommend bballindex.com to anybody who is interested um, in basketball stats. Their metrics are crazy. The amount of work they do over there is insane. Their stuff is great. Um, so according to so by LeBron, uh, Jokic ranks first in the NBA with uh, a mark of 7.8. Embiid ranks third with a mark of 6.39. And Giannis ranks uh, second with a mark of 6.54. Now let's look at wins added, which is uh, Bball Index's cumulative version of LeBron, and um, Jokic ranked first in wins added with 15.5, Embiid ranked third uh, with a mark of 12.7, and Giannis ranked fourth with a mark of 12.3. So it's interesting to see that according to uh, estimated wins and wins added, um, Giannis ranked outside the top three uh, according to those cumulative metrics, um, which is very interesting. Very, very interesting, in my opinion. Um, I, I think if you if you are a big fan of these metrics, um, you might like it'll your MVP ballot might 
uh, be heavily swayed, depending on whether or not you base your MVP voting heavily on the rate stats or the cumulative stats. If you base your MVP ballot um, based on um, these cumulative stats and you like uh, EPM and LeBron, you probably would have had Giannis behind Embiid. But if you were a big fan of BPM and Vorp, you probably would have had uh, Giannis ahead of, Embi- of, ahead of Embiid. Um, but looking at all this, I think it's easy to see why um, why Jokic won MVP. Um, like his team was not far off from the 76ers and the Bucks. Uh, all these teams were really good. Um, the Nuggets were easily the worst team of the three, but they were not far off from the 76ers and the Bucks. Um, you look at Pythagorean record, SRS, like both these metrics make it clear that the Nuggets were not significantly worse than the 76ers and the Bucks. Um, I think going back to um, what I was saying earlier about the myth that Jokic is not a, a good defender, I'm not sure that's true, and I, I'm not sure that he is um, much worse than Embiid and Jokic on defense. I'm not saying that they are that he is as good or better than them. I'm not saying that at all because um, I'm just looking at the stats here. I'm not looking at looking at film. If you look at film. Sure, like, Jokic is probably a worse defender than Embiid and Giannis, but I think that he had a very good season defensively um, compared to Embiid and Giannis. Like, I think he was on par with them in terms of defensive impact. I think that it's fair to say, according to these uh, defensive metrics, like, like, look, the Nuggets defense this year was average, but so was the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. And, um... Like, the Nuggets' defense fell off um, more. Like, their defense got got worse um, when when Jokic stepped off the floor. And they got they got more worse um, than the, the 76ers and the Bucks got worse when Embiid fell off and Giannis fell off. I know the way I wanted that sounded weird, but, like, um, when Jokic got off the floor, uh, the Nuggets' defense got, got much worse or got even worse then the 76ers defense and the Bucks defense got worse when Embiid and Giannis stepped off the floor. Like I said, I know the way I worded that's weird. I don't know a better way to word that, but I hope y'all can kind of understand what I'm saying. Um, and I think I think Jokic had such a good impact this year. Like his impact metrics are crazy. The fact that the Nuggets were as good as they were with the roster they had, um, I think it, it, it's crazy. Um, he was so good this year. And I don't think um, his case has to just be based on stats. The eye test is there. His production was great um, on a per-game basis. It was insane. Um, he's a elite scorer, an elite passer. Um, I think he um, improved a lot on defense this year. Um, I just think like he's, in my opinion, like arguably the best offensive player in the league right now. Definitely top three. His defense is, is improving. Um, his second and third best teammates uh, were were all, were out for a majority of the year, um, and and like Jamal Murray missed the entire season. Um, Michael Porter Jr. did play, but when he played, he wasn't good. So and, and when Jokic was off the floor, the Nuggets were one of the worst teams in the history of the NBA. But when he was on the floor. They were a top 15 team in the league, and they were, um, and they, they 
they were in the playoffs and they didn't even have to play in the playing tournament. That's crazy to me um, because his teammates were not very good this year. Um, but he, he just had a crazy season in terms of his ability to floor raise. Um, I think people are placing unrealistic expectations on him. I know that, like, I know the Nuggets lost in five games in the first round, but to expect him to drag the Nuggets deep into the playoffs is putting insane expectations on him. And I think you are as good as your expectations, and people are putting LeBron-level expectations on Nikola Jokic. Like, with the way people, like, with the expectations that people are putting on him, you would think that Jokic is, um, like, the greatest player in the history of the sport. And I don't think he is, um, but the expectations that people are putting on him is crazy. Like that Nuggets team was not very good. I like I don't think anyone um, would be reasonable to expect him to lead that team deep into the playoffs. It just was not realistic. It just wasn't. Um, but I think Embiid and Giannis had great um, cases as well. In a normal year, they would have run run away with the award. But they were they just happened to have crazy good seasons at the same time as each other. Um, I think this was an incredible MVP race. Um, it was great to watch these guys play this year. I think Jokic was clearly the MVP. Um, I get that his team um, had had just the sixth seed in the Western Conference, but I think there is very good evidence that they were around as good as the 76ers and the Bucks, um, and I think that that combined with Jokic's impact magic makes him the clear MVP this year, uh, but shout out to Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, who also had incredible seasons, and were deserving of the award. I think anybody saying that they deserve to win MVP, I'm fine with that, I just am not okay with people saying that Jokic winning, um, that Jokic was not deserving of the award, and that him winning um, is like some kind of highway robbery of the other two candidates. I don't think that's true. And I think anyone who says that, um, just flat out, um, is wrong and, and ignorant. And anyone saying that Jokic is only winning based on stats, I think that's an ignorant take as well. I think that is wrong. Um, and I, I and I hope I did a good job laying out why Jokic should have won the MVP this year and why he is the, the deserving winner. Um, I think him winning back-to-back MVPs is good. He deserved both of them, in my opinion. And yeah, shout-out to all the candidates. Shout-out to Jokic for winning back-to-back MVPs. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Let me know what y'all think on social media. Uh, my Instagram and Twitter are both the Ryan McCrary. That's the R-Y-A-N-M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. You can check out more content from me at my website at thewiresports.com. You can check out my YouTube channel, The Wire. I have a TikTok page, which is, I think it's the.wire.sports underscore, maybe. Maybe it's just the.wire.sports. Let me actually look that up real quick. I want to make sure I get this right. I I think, I believe I keep saying it incorrectly. Yeah, so it's at the.wire.sports. You can also... Um, I think that's all I have. You can check out this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And if you would, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave me a five-star review. That would help me out a lot. But yeah, that's all I have for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed it, and I will see y'all next time. Peace.